Blaine and Mickey Friday. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday. Man, Friday just hits different than the other days. I'm a big Friday guy. Like, sign me up for a week of Fridays. Just a whole week. Like, Monday could be Friday, and then Tuesday is Friday. Well, how do you have a whole week of Friday if when do you get your weekend? See, that's, that's that, the whole thing about Friday, right? I haven't figured out the heavy lifting on that part uh, yet, but uh, I just want to feel like Friday every day. Oh, well, yeah, the excitement. Yeah. And, you know, that you, you're going to have a, you know, a two-day vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's two-day how vacation, man. Two-day vacation. And the thing is, we don't get the two-day vacation because yeah. we will work like dogs on Sunday having a good time, you know. Well, according to my wife, watching sports is not, you know, in doing pregame. That's, that's, that's not a job. Well, I'm saying, you know. <laughs> I said, I can't help I enjoy my job. You got to find something that you love. <laughs> it's not like a job. That is true. You're lucky if you find something that you love that's you not a job. You are very lucky. Yes. Uh, if, if people say who's the luckiest people that you know, I, you, I would say put us in there, right? We're the well, I would just say people. anyone who loves what they're doing. Yeah. All of us who are, yeah. Lucas is the luckiest person I know, though. He's living the dream. Lucas yeah. monitoring the feed for Mike Vrabel. Bunch of Titans talking. Uh, today, like an inordinate amount of players after practice lined up to just talk to the press. But main things that have come out of this, uh, this is per per the man himself, Jim Wyatt, A.J. Brown, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, all practice Blaine for a third day in a row. So the NFL practice week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all three of those guys practiced every day. Dupree. And Roger, they what? Who else was it? A.J. Brown, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley. All three. I think two of the three will play. I, I, that's part of my shy, oh, by the way. Oh. Today is call your shot, right? Call your shot. Yeah, we do that oh, at the okay. end of the Friday yeah, we show. We need to tweet out that. So we, I want to see what other people think is their shot at. But so two of the there. three. Are you just going to hold on to that, though? So you can, like, that's a tease. That's the ultimate tease because we're only on until, like, 254. So you oh. can save it till right about then. Oh, okay. Well, that's you, what you, you know, that's, that's you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I just, uh, I just speak my mind, and I, I don't know if you want me to tease that or not. What, first of all, this camera is not even pointing at me, but I don't know who was sitting over there because <laughs> that's pointed over there. Yeah, you're like in the bottom left-hand yeah. corner of the frame. I don't know who. Somebody, somebody touched this camera. I just happened to look at it because I never look over here at it. Yeah, but I'll move it because uh, it's probably been moved since uh, I didn't give my shot. So Blaine thinks two of the three of those guys will play. Um, How's that? I mean, if, that you could, okay. <laughs> if you could get two of those three, as much as I would love to see the first round pick play, I would rather see the, if you said, okay, mm -hmm. you can only have two of these three guys to suit up on Sunday. Right now I would pick AJ Brown and Bud Dupree. Right. Well, one of those guys you said, I don't think he's going to be playing. Oh. <laughs> just, just my opinion. Though. Okay. You know, I, and I okay. know the three days I know I could be totally wrong. I mean, it's just, Based off of, uh, you know, I, I can give half of my shots. Uh, you know, Dupree and uh, uh, the running back, Darrington Evans, I don't think they're going to play. Okay. And, 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 and it's based off of me watching them at practice yesterday. Not today. Right. But yesterday. Just don't think that's uh, quite ready to go for me if I'm looking at it from, a, oh, let's go balls to the walls uh, in a game. If you got any skip or dip or limp, that's not good enough at practice. That was just a fantastic thing you just did. I, I didn't. I, I don't know. I think I was just I was taking notes of you in the, the other day uh, when you were spitting your lyrics. So <laughs> I said, "Man, I got to step up my lyric game." 
<laughs> when I have no game on the lyrics, trust me. Oh, yeah, I'm known for my lyrical game. <laughs> That's what people come so, here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Darrington Evans and Bud Dupree are not going to play. Okay. Yeah, that that's me. But okay. yeah, I, I, I hope, I'm hope i wrong. And by the way, with A.J. Oh. Brown uh, looking at the video, I, I don't think we're going to see the A.J. Brown that we know. He may be solid, but we're not going to see, you know, spectacular A.J. Brown. We're going to see solid A.J. Brown. You want to throw a percentage out there of A.J. Brown? Oh, I think he's going to play. No, like a percent, like if he's 100% at 100%, what percentage of him do you think there is now? To play? Oh, 85 See, 85% of, of A.J. Brown seems yeah. like a helpful thing on right. Sunday but, to me. But the issue is when he tries to rev it up to 100 and he downshifts and there's no downshift. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's the issue. You have to understand where you're at and just stay with that control and don't let it get to you where you get an open field and you go, uh-oh, I'm about to downshift and go to another gear and I'm about to take this to the house. You can't do it. You don't have it right now. Just be content that you're a good, <laughs> good receiver instead of a great receiver. You ever watch Star Wars? No. Like a long time. Okay. Okay. Some people do it. Some people no, don't. I That's did, why I, I did. Okay. I did. I did. But I, I can't half remember all of it. I was just young. This spaceship, the Millennium Falcon, and they're trying to go to light oh, speed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he would pull about. the switch down and it it'd go. Well, but it wouldn't go sometimes. Oh. And he would hit it or Chewbacca would have to fix it. Is that like yeah, the. That's what I'm talking about. I don't have light speed right now. Mm-hmm. I, got to, I got to stay in normal but, speed. But, but athletes don't. Won't, he won't admit it. No different than Bud Dupree wouldn't admit that he wasn't 100%. Gosh. Competitive nature gets to you. It, it's, man, it's cancerous. And that's what makes you special. Yeah. So you can't turn it off. You can't. That's where all the guys, you know, make a mistake. It's hard, though. It's ingrained. That's what makes them uh, really good players. Uh, so, yeah, it's tough. So we shall see, though. I could be completely wrong on all three of those guys. Um, again, Jim Wyatt uh, tweeting, uh, Roger Saffold cleared concussion protocol. That's really good news uh, for the Titans. Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, A.J. Brown all practice today. As you just heard the hitman say, he feels like two of those three will play on Sunday. Here's who was not spotted at practice, according to Jim Wyatt, which Jim Wyatt works for the Titans. So this means this is who didn't practice. I love how he says not spotted, uh, but this is who he didn't so see. It was, it was Evans there? Aaron uh, Evans. Yeah, he practiced again. Did I? Yeah, he, because he's not listed. So it's Julio Jones didn't practice, which, by the way, somebody told me. I said this last week. <laughs> a guy from Atlanta told me he ain't going to play versus the Jets. He ain't going to play versus the Jaguars. He's hurt. He's going to be hurt. He's hurt. But he's going to get well the next week after the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy knows the healing process of his hamstring. He is not a physician, but obviously he does have some healing powers. I'm just telling you, the guy's – the guy told me three things, and, and two of them, one was right. Look, second one looks to be trending to be right, that he won't play against the Jaguars. And number three, we won't know until next week. But he thought he would be well, getting much more well, well enough to play next week. Uh, but Julio Jones out of practice today. Brett Kern uh, out of practice today. Jayon Brown, Aaron Brewer, who's just a – Aaron Brewer is one of those guys that if you follow an NFL team, he's not a superstar. You may not even know his name if you're a casual fan. But the team is made up of guys like that who can play two positions and are so valuable. Uh, he missed practice today. Racy mm. McMath, who's been the one rookie that's played a lot, he is. He didn't practice today. Tommy Hudson didn't practice again today. The tight end. 
So math is is quad, right? Is that what you mm-hmm. said the other day? Oh, yeah. So that that's going to take a minute. Remember, I was thinking it. Would, I don't know if it's bruised or pulled or or what, but that's a painful. Anything got to do with your quad? It's tough. And that's like the big bunch of muscles for people mm-hmm. in the top of your leg, right? Yes. That people try. Okay. If you have a big bunch of muscles there. So uh, Julio's hamstring, Brett Kern, if you're scoring at home, uh, which side of his groin? It's his right groin, which is connected to his right leg, if you, if you didn't know that. And, I mean, we're physicians here. Yeah, it was. It's connected to us abductus lungus. <laughs> which you are. Blaine is our show director. I just wanted content. to say that because He's also, I, I didn't know what that was until I had that injury. <laughs> so you're <laughs> tore off of your bone, right? Right, yeah, in your groin. Yeah, so yeah. so Blaine is also our abductus lungus director. Yeah. Uh, show yeah. orthopedist. Yeah, yeah. So orthopedist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When your abductus lungus is black and blue, (laughs) you have no shot of playing. Trust me. No shot of doing a lot of things. (laughs) Let me put that in context right there. Boy, it was like, oh, no, don't even try it there, bro. No, do not try that. You Be remember busy. me asking you that because because we never talked yeah. about this. You've talked about tearing it, You're, and that's a, a groinal area. Of, uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, man, what did it? What did it look like? Like in that in that region? You're like, oh, it looked terrible. Oh, it, it, absolutely horrible. I mean, my whole leg all all the way attached up to my groin was black and blue, going down to my knee. Seriously, I had no idea. My ding dong tried to get out there. <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, I tried to play <laughs> with a torn groin, abductus lungus. And so I felt like I was uh, running insane. So what we got with what Rabel saying? Rabel's talking right now. Let's jump over to St. Thomas Sports Park. And, um, you know, can't, can't say enough about really Marcus and the position of, you know, what he did in, in training camp to, to really earn the trust of us and most importantly the quarterback. Um, so... You know, we'll see where he's at tomorrow, and then obviously I have to make a decision. Now, uh, I know you kind of put an emphasis on maybe receivers getting more physical um, this week and saw a little bit of that in drills. How have they responded to that? Well, it, it, it's hard. You know what I mean? It's hard, right? We didn't really practice in that setting with shoulder pads. So, again, we'll have to see what that looks like. And, John, I hope that it, it translates. But some of this stuff you just can't. You know I mean, I don't know how you – without pads on and the pace that we were going and – so, um, you know, we're going to have to we're gonna have to do that. And that's a good lesson. And unfortunately, it was a you know, tough one to learn. But, you know, some of these guys are going to have to know that, you know, they're going to grab them and we're going to have to be physical. Farley got in a full week of work this week after missing a couple of weeks. Does the couple of weeks he missed stunt his progress at all? And how is he? He, he did stay on top of it. Um, I felt like, you know, giving him things to, to do, you know, while he was out. As far as reports on on players or um, just studying and continue to to not just waste the time focusing on his body, but also focusing on, you know, the mental, uh, sometimes gymnastics of of a call to call checks that we make. So I think he, you know, has done that and tried to improve. And it's I think that would probably be um, one of the most difficult things, especially for young players, is to stay engaged uh, when physically they're not able to be out there, uh, is how do you stay engaged in a meeting? Stay engaged when you're not, you know, watching film and you're you're not even out there. You know, you're not going to show up on the tape. You know, how do you stay engaged to to learn and improve? And um, I think you know he 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 tried to do that. Are you managing Derek a little bit different just as far as like the rest and recovery or even some of the things within the building? 
you know, just to keep him where he needs to be despite so many carries and touches. Uh, differently, I, I don't know. I mean, we just start trying to do what's best for for him ultimately and uh, and the football team. And you know, he stays on top of it. He communicates. Um, you know, I, I I make decisions with Derek and you know try to you know, do what's best for him ultimately to try to get him ready to to get back turned around each and every week. So, I, and I, I don't really know what that was, Tron. So to say differently. You know, I think I have an idea, but I know what we're, you know, we're kind of doing now. How much you have to be concerned with Trevor's legs and how good is he maybe when he does run it? Well, he has run, you know, but again, I think he's made a lot of plays and a lot of yards, um, you know, outside the pocket, you know, even on plays that aren't designed to go out of the pocket, you know, his ability to, to, to keep his eyes down the field, to, Numerous instances where he's kind of finding the line of scrimmage and almost going lateral to it where he probably could enter into the defense. He stays down the line of scrimmage and uh, keeps his eyes down the field. So that was, uh, I, I guess, something unique, I think, to see um, from him as we were watching tape. But you know, he's athletic. He's tall. And you know, saw what, you know, what he did on Thursday night and his ability to, to run the football mentioned to us yesterday that his pride got in the way when it came to kind of rushing back from that ACL injury. Maybe came back a little too soon. He's practiced this week. He seems to feel better. I mean, where is his progress right now in terms of, you know, 100%? Well, let's be clear. No one from the time that they start playing football will, will ever be 100%. So let's let's make sure that, you know, we say that. Um, you know, Bud and I have conversations. You know, Bud spoke on his situation, you know, working back, and uh, had him at practice this week. So, you know, we'll see where his availability is you know, tomorrow. Did, did he just kind of, you know, was he just so determined to get back? That again, you guys had an opportunity. I'm not going to speak for for Bud. I think that, you know, he touched on, you know, the things that he wanted to talk on yesterday. I got a great deal of respect for Bud. We communicate, um, and so. I'm not going to try to speak for him and and what um, you know what was going through or what, how he well handled it. How has Elijah Molden done just as far as like you know, regaining that feel for the position, knowing the help, or all the things that are required out of that nipple spot? Good. Uh, you know, what I mean, I, you hear him communicating out there. You hear him talking. Um, you know, we just got to try to continue to put him in situations where you know he can use you know his skill set and hopefully. Continue to help us on special teams, uh, be instinctive, be a good tackler. Um, you know, just working those things in, and um, but 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 good. You know what I mean? And so hopefully, you know, we've got him you know, learning a few positions. You know, I think that that's something that's probably unique for for a young player. You know, is learning multiple positions, whether that be you know nickel, corner, or safety. So that that's been positive because the more that you learn, you know, more positions that you can learn the you know, the more value you have to the team. After 2019, about slot coverage becoming more vertical, uh, just as kind of a trend in the league, he's not the fastest corner you have, but he's got slot instincts. How how does he fit into the evolution of that? I know, and and again, I know you referenced 2019. I could barely remember what I said yesterday, but there's different ways to do it. You know what I mean with that? there's, There's very good corners in this league, that don't run four three, that stay on top, that stay square, that challenge, 
uh, that, that know their skill set inside and out, know what their strengths are, play to their strengths, uh, know where their help is, play leverage. And you know, that's what all of us, and I don't say us anymore, but that's what every player has to do. Every player has to understand who he is, what his skill set is, um, what his strengths are, and, and how he can maybe mask some of his weaknesses against a, an opponent and knowing what the opponent's strengths are and moves are. And, uh, that, that, that's a lot to, um, to continue to work on. You know, there's, you know, just look throughout the league, and it's not about the fastest players, but the guys that, that look like they're playing the fastest because they're so comfortable in what they're doing and, um, and how they play and react. Outside of the it's always been very physical on the back, obviously. I wonder if this year you've noticed him doing any more kind of a lower-the-shoulder uh, kind of stuff than he has in the past. I mean, maybe a little bit, you know. I mean, again, I think that that Derek, the evolution of just trying to, you know, gain yards, understand how guys are trying to tackle them, and you know, but you know, I'm not going to teach him how to play running back. I'm not going to teach him how to play running back. You know, what I mean, I could just focus on, you know, ball security and things like that. He's going to run where he sees the hole, and you know. it seemed like you've done a little bit more of that this year than in the, than in the past. Maybe. Last couple of weeks, uh, Elijah and, and maybe Racy have been really the only rookies to play significant snaps on offense and defense. Is that coincidence? Is that by design to, to ease that group in? Is it a case by case thing? Case by case. We have no plans on however old someone is, is to play or not to play. If you're 35 and can help us win, we'll play. If you're 20 and can help us win, you'll play. I mean, just, I think, case by case basis. And, uh, you know, I, I will say that uh, Monty Rice has showed up on special teams. You know, you like to watch tape, go watch some of the punt returns. I didn't see it in training camp and saw it the last couple games. I mean, taking a guy out of bounds from the line of scrimmage, uh, taking a guy to the ground legally, hands inside. Um, so that's positive stuff. Going down there on a kickoff, making a tackle as a backside two, coming all the way across when it looked like it could probably get out going down, setting the edge on the tight end. So those are positive things. And I've always tried to tell them, like, most of the linebackers in this league learn a confidence and an understanding about playing in this league from specialties because it's space, it's playing with your hands, it's shedding on the punt team when they're trying to hold you up, it's getting your hands inside and staying square, holding guys up, it's, it's blocking guys on kickoff return like an open field tackle. These guys are coming down and, and weaving you. And, and you got to stay square, not cross over, not hop, not duck your head. And, and I think that, that if we look back over to just the last couple weeks of how he's played, I would say that he's continuing to improve in those phases. And so you know, hopefully that can continue. So that's Mike Vrabel uh, live today after the Friday practice. Uh, for those wondering about A.J. Brown, Mike Vrabel did reaffirm that he will play uh, says a decision on Marcus Johnson is coming tomorrow. Also, he's our resident director of content, director of abductus lungus awareness, uh, and groin. and physician. <laughs> yes, our groin director, boy Bishop. Yeah, right. uh, he said keep an eye on Bud Dupree. Mike Rabel essentially said they will make a decision on Bud Dupree and his availability yeah, tomorrow. Did. And I and I said I called my shot that he won't be playing. All right, him or Darrington Evans. Okay, all right. Based off what I saw in the video. Hitman, uh, Dr. Hitman calling shots. Uh, Buck Rising set to join us next. Blaine and Mickey, Friday edition.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone Friday. Ooh, I can't wait to call our shots, man. Man, I'm pumped about my shot. Yeah, if you're just joining us, Blaine has already released one shot. He will recall it again at 245. Well, it, was a, it, was a, it was a combined shot. It's a, it's a double shot. Yeah. Oh, 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 double yeah. shot? Yeah, words are what, my what, business. What was you double shooting? Tequila or, or what's your – oh, my bad. You don't shoot. <laughs> I have a double shot of chocolate milk tonight. Yeah, chocolate milk. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, that's always healthy for you. Might have that. Uh, Buck Rising said to join us. He, he's tweeting about us, but he has yet to answer his phone. What? Uh, oh, he's tweeting about us? Well, what maybe he, he couldn't answer Lucas's call because he was he was tweeting, but I, I think we have him now. What did he say? Buck Rising, he, he just retweeted that he was going to be on the show. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we, we definitely did say that as well. Yeah. So Buck Rising, he joins yeah. us now, brought yeah. to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned yeah. salespeople. Yeah. All the people were telling me Buck was talking about my crazy hands. Yes, they like I spider Your hands. fingers are, are a nightmare. <laughs> you and every other football player. I was, watch They're this, scary. I was sticking my hand where I shouldn't have. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. I would reach. No, I would reach for a tackle, and the guys running by, and then I try to, you know, strengthen my my fingers to grab, and then they did not grab. <laughs> so That's a whole right different there. kind of credit card swipe. Your mind's always in the gutter, man. Did, did you find uh, Urban's public apology credible uh, this week? We don't know what he said in his individual meetings and then the team meeting and all the other ways he chose to apologize to his team, but we all did get a public apology. Did you find it a credible apology? No, because he damn lied. <laughs> he lied on Monday. He comes out and said some woman you know, dragged him out on the dance floor, and then the video comes out the second angle. <laughs> of lecherous Urban Meyer sliding his hand in between this woman's legs. Doesn't look like he's being dragged. Doesn't look like he's being coerced. Urban Meyer is a liar. He's a pathological liar at this point. So, no, I don't believe that piece of human garbage apologies, uh, uh, apology to be any kind, of, any kind of relevant whatsoever. He's just a bad dude. Well, he's sort of like Twinkies after cockroaches after a nuclear holocaust. At this point, he, he, he seems to be surviving fine. Have you... Are you willing to change your over-under on when Urban might no longer be the coach of the Jags, or does he just keep it rolling right now? I mean, nothing else seems to matter. He's still the coach. Oh, sure. And, I mean, this is the problem with Urban Myers, that people like Shad Khan and everybody else that Urban has worked for in his career, they enable because Urban Meyer more often than not wins, except in this situation, he's not winning, literally at all. He's not winning. So why – what is the – what is the – possible reason other than it makes you look worse if you fire him now even though urban meyer still has the potential to make you look even worse than he already has why are you keeping him around i mean this is this is the problem with hiring in the nfl in college except in college it's a hell of a lot smarter or easier to be smarter than everybody else because urban meyer can go out there and win a game with his third-string quarterback, win a national championship with his third-string quarterback, and then look at the Texans with their third-string quarterback and tell me how much Dave, how much fun Davis Mills is having right now. I don't know, but I know we're having fun because Buck Rising is with us here on Blaine and Mickey. <laughs> well, Buck, I, I guess what has uh, been your uh, assessment of the Jags, or have you even watched them thus far uh, in the season? No, I've watched I've watched a lot of them uh, this week, and I've seen a couple of games prior to that just on television. I mean, the thing that's most notably different between them through the first three losses and then the, the most recent to Cincinnati last week on Thursday uh, was that they figured out how, or at least Trevor Lawrence, looks more comfortable. He looks like he found his stride 
a little bit. He played mistake-free football, first game without any turnovers, um, and was able to was able to move the ball up and down the field pretty pretty easily with the help of a run game. They limited his attempts because they were able to get things going on the ground with James Robinson. That offensive line has been together for a while, but they're not very good, which may sound familiar to Titans fans at this point. Um, the defense is still bad. They can't pressure the quarterback, which is great news if you're Ryan Tannehill because you've literally been sacked more times than any other NFL uh, quarterback at the position. But the Jags, I mean, I think the thing that kind of stands out is, is what Brian Schottenheimer did on Thursday night football with Trevor Lawrence and using his legs, because I don't think that's sustainable, but it was effective against the Bengals. It's something that I think in a perfect world you would try and avoid doing, but if they can't move the ball any other way and they were having success with Robinson on the ground, then you saw them convert a couple of third downs using Trevor Lawrence on the move. Well, I think uh, Josh Reynolds is really going to have to step up his game opposite, hopefully, A.J. Brown if he comes back. Uh, What's your impressions of Josh Reynolds from the Jets game? I mean, that he was fine, but he didn't do anything spectacular, right? Like that perfectly placed ball that Ryan Tannehill had. And listen, it was good coverage, and Josh Reynolds couldn't come up with the catch. But you need Josh Reynolds to come up with the catch. You need playmakers right now. Um, He wasn't able to do that. He was able – they were moving the ball well enough against New York, even with all the third-down sacks that they took. It's the problem with, one, third-down – the protection was just not there. And two, there were a couple of times, two in particular that come to mind, that Josh Reynolds had the opportunity to come up with a big catch that would have changed the game, and he couldn't because he's not Julio Jones and he's not A.J. Brown, and you need those guys out there. Um, I know that Marcus Johnson may factor in. I know they'll make a determination on him tomorrow, uh, so we'll have to wait and see whether they end up activating him off IR, but I know they've been pretty pleased with him returning to practice the last two weeks. Um, and you know, Josh Reynolds, I think Josh Reynolds is fine, but he's not, he can't be the only option that you have in the passing game. And I know Batson caught a touchdown and I know Chester Rogers did some stuff and probably should have had a better statistical day if he had not been ruled down erroneously by the officiating crew against the jets. But I mean, it doesn't matter if you can't keep the quarterback upright. And right now they're having problems keeping the quarterback upright. Well, I think they'll do okay, at least against the Jags. They're nowhere near as talented as the Jets' defense. But, no. Yeah, no, but no, talking no. about our defense, Jeffrey Simmons, I, I, you know, the talk around town and the fans is always about Jeffrey Simmons is not making enough plays. And I go, well, he's doing a solid job versus the run. Now, maybe you could say he's not impacting the pass rush. What has been your observation of Jeffrey Simmons being the 19th pick overall thus far? Um, you know, he's he's good. He's not great. Uh-huh. But, and you need him to be great. Right. That's the thing that you kind of come up with more than anything is is Jeffrey Simmons with the pedigree that he had coming out of that 2019 uh, class and what he's physically capable of. We've seen him have these moments. Mm-hmm. It's just can you put it together consistently? And there are they are doing many things like credit to the offenses that are facing him because they're doing whatever they can to try and negate any crazy impact that Jeff Simmons would have. And he's still finding ways to make some plays but you need a game-breaking player on that side of the ball without Bud Dupree um, and they'll make a determination on him it sounds like tomorrow as well without uh Harold Landry is doing everything he humanly can and it's it's being you're seeing that production that's clear and obvious to everybody 
But with as thin as they are right now on the edges, Ola is is a good story, but he's not going to be able to produce like that on a regular basis and certainly didn't against the Jets. So when the pass rush starts to fade and, and Harold is the only person getting consistent pressure, well, that's the time where you need your interior to push the pocket, whether that's Autry and Simmons or Tart and Autry or Autry and uh, or, or Simmons and Tart, whatever combination you're using. And by the way, you're still kind of thin there too because Woodrow Hamilton's not very good. He's not as good as Lorel Murchison was. Murchison's on IR. Rashad Weaver's on IR, so you've lacked some versatility up there. Um, a guy that you could play at multiple positions on the front. So, uh, yeah, Simmons needs to be a lot better, but he hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. You've noticed him making plays. You just need at this critical juncture for him to make more of those. We're on with Buck Rising from the Buck Rising Show. What is it? 10 to, 10 to 1, right before us. That's right. Uh, a to Z Sports, he's everywhere. Buck Rising, the install. I mean, you can find him all over your dial and your computer. Uh, you can find Shane Bowen this week talking again about DBs and off coverage. And once again, Bucky said, yeah, we're not teaching him that. Uh, no, that, that's not. Yeah, I mean, he, he talked about situational football, but he also essentially said, yes, we're not teaching them to play that far off on third down, yet they're still playing that far off on third down. Well, and it's funny because it's the, the personnel's different, right? Yep. So what what's the what's the common denominator here? It has to be the coaching staff. Now I don't think that Bowen's outright lying to us, and I don't think anybody's telling Janoris Jenkins, "Hey, you're good to line up 15 yards off the line of scrimmage," as you did against the Jets. But it's the same problem with different players, and so I I don't know how else you can't or how else to draw the conclusions, but to look at the coaching staff and be like. Okay, well, if you're not teaching them this, then why are you telling them not to? Hey, don't do that. Why isn't more of a scene being made on the sidelines when you see them clearly lined up that far off the line of scrimmage? Because we can see it in the press box. The fans can see it on the television copy. So what, what are we missing here? And ultimately it falls on, well, if they're not teaching that, then why is it happening? And mm-hmm. I, I understand that coaching is not the end-all, be-all. I mean, look at C.J. Mosley. I don't know if you guys read Rich Samini's Yes. article on C.J. Mosley doing the thing that Robert Sala explicitly tells them not to do in their defense, which is to audible, but C.J. Mosley made a check against Ryan Tannehill on a third and six, checked into a different rush when they were sending an all-out blitz and only sent four because they'd been winning on that throughout the course of the game. Turns out they won again, and they got a sack, one of many sacks of Ryan Tannehill on third down. So the coaching is not, you know, you can't exclusively hold coaching responsible for the players and what they do on the field. I'm sure Blaine knows this as well, but also it's continued to happen now through a season plus. So why is it happening? And if you're not coaching them that, why are you not making the necessary corrections on that? Yeah, Well, I called that out on Tuesday, by the yeah. way. And that, that goes on periodically, Buck, uh, for your – your captains and usually it's the uh, the you know the guys who are making the calls, whether you're linebacker, safety. I've done it multiple times. Linebackers done it multiple times. Just like the center and the quarterback are making adjustments that you have watched film and you say we've done this enough. Now they're making checks. Now we're going to check. So that that's not yeah. uncommon. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And and it happens. It ha- I think people you know people just want to assign one face with which to shoulder the blame. That's why Bowen was the most hated person in in probably Tennessee sports last year and when he got the promotion that everybody lost their mind because he's the face that you associate with the defense but I mean there needs to be some portion of the blame placed on Jack Rabbit Fulton as well and on Anthony Midget who gets to be kind of a silent party in all this but as the Titans defensive back coach well I mean you know what the hell mm. lastly do you think they're going to monitor 
the Kings carries, if need be, especially against the Jaguars, uh, uh, and looking at the long-term effects in this season, or are they going to just continue to give it to the King? I mean, they've never done it before, but, uh, you know, like that's that's something I, I'm sure you guys heard Todd Downing say, like that nobody's ever come on the headset before and been like, yeah, you know, ease up with Derek because they just keep giving it to him, and they need to right now. Now, how A.J. is able to impact that and make life a little easier on him, um, we'll see. But the problem with Derek and managing him is if you're having success in the game, well, then he's the closer, right? So if he's the closer – and the game is trending in a way where you're going to be able to just sit on a lead and squeeze the other, uh, squeeze the opponent. Well, it's not like Julio where you can take him out if that's your justification. Say like, oh, we're going to run the ball, we're going to dig out safeties, we don't need to risk Julio Jones that way. Well, no, that's literally what Derek is is best equipped to do. The problem is they're starting the game like they need to finish the game, and that is where these you know nearly 29 carries per game are popping up, and he's north of 31 touches total because now they're using him in the passing game too because they don't have explosive plays with the wide receivers. It's just the screen game that's allowing them to move the ball 10, 15 yards down the field at a time. Mm. I guess lastly, real quick, Caleb Farley, will there be a sighting of him on defense in this game? Uh, If it's a blowout one way or another, but I bet (laughs) if if he's playing, it's special teams. Got you. Buck, you're always special, and you're on our team. Buck Rising, uh, at Buck Rising, thank you. Uh, Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned townspeople. Make it happen. Walk off. Hey, travel safe, Bucko, and uh, we'll be following you on Sunday. Uh, you'll start at 9, and then we're on at 10, and then Titans count down at 11. It'll be another fun day of football. Yeah, yeah with Duval Nation. Yeah. Absolutely. I will attempt to come back from Jacksonville, uh, you know, with some – parts of my luggage dry because the place is perpetually just just gross and filmy and i hate it it's the worst see you boys <laughs> see buck in jacksonville make sure to say hey he's, he's not excited about this uh chuck in bellevue is on the mark spain real estate hotline he wants to talk to us if you want to talk to us you want how are you feeling about this game 615-737-1045 are you nervous get to that next also maybe a little offensive line talk from taylor the one blaine and mickey 1045 the zone Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Taylor Lewan spoke earlier this week about getting protection uh, issues taken care of. We'll play that in just a minute. But Chuck in the view wanted to weigh in. We always love hearing from Chuck and from you. The Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline open, 615-737-1045. Hey, Chuck, what's going on? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, fellas. Thanks for getting me on. Uh, You know, Mick and the uh, Hitman, I always appreciate a little time on the show. Uh, today, I'm not going to call in, beat around the bush. Tough week last week. We're going down to Jacksonville, and I've only got one question uh, for the hitman. I want to know what's going to be running through your mind when that Titans kicker comes out with the game on the line. I'll hang up and listen to the crew. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. <laughs> well, I would always leave the kicker alone. You know, honestly, you know, the kicker made three field goals. You're not going to make them all. Yep. You're not going to make every interception. You're not going to make every catch. Uh, you just can't let it get in your head, especially, you know, kick is mental. These guys been in the league a long time, Randy Bullock. I mean, so I, I just hope that uh, he uh, can make it. That's it. I know nothing about kicking and not going to pretend to. Uh, it's a tough job. If anybody wants to be a kicker, be the punter. And all you got to worry about if it's a bad snap, you shanked it. That was their fault. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, kicking's a it's a tough job. So, I, you know, I, three out of four just happened to be in overtime. You wish he should have made it, veteran guy, but it's not going to be in the world. We got to remember who's the kicker we had last year, Gronkowski. He missed a lot of kicks. He was making them after you know further than fifty than he was inside the forty. You know, so and then he finally got into a rhythm and a flow. Uh, so you just hope uh, it's forgotten and you move on. Really. I want because you got to know you're going to need the kicker again at some point to win a game. So, yeah, got to just say, hey, man, we'll get it next time, unfortunately. I think uh, I think he might say, hey, man, uh, don't run the clock down and give me five more yards. You got to kick it, too. Right. Because then you start pulling and trying to think you got to, you know, get this distance on it. So you, you lose your mechanics. But he's a veteran guy. You got to know you can't do that. Yeah. If it comes up short, you know, oh, well, don't pull it. Come on, man. I, I yeah. <laughs> Only time I used to talk to Al Greg is to get some uh, uh, golfing tips, or uh, if we were gonna call heads or tails when we walked out there, and then uh, make sure that we were uh, on the either side of Eddie or, or Bruce uh, when we we're doing the captains out there, because we didn't want to look like we were small. <laughs> we didn't stand next to each other. Down. <laughs> Just kids. <laughs> um, well, I used to call him the penguin. It, it, there you go. Uh, Al Del Greco, the great Al Del Greco, um, for sure. Great kicker for this team for a long, long time and for the Houston Oilers before that. Uh, it, interesting note this week. Jags are, I, I said I wouldn't do this, but I'm, I'm going to do it to lead into Taylor Lewan's comments. The Jags only have five sacks. That's the worst in the NFL. The Titans quarterback is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Something's got to give. But this is Taylor Lewan from earlier this week talking about such things as uh, O-line play and protection. Some you know some guys didn't have the best day, and it's it's one of those things where it takes eleven guys in the pass pro. Um, you know, we have we have a large responsibility to protect Tannehill, and we obviously didn't do a good enough job of that this past week. It's I wish there was a clear cut example I could give you to tell you, but you know we run the plays we run, the plays that call uh, that Todd calls, and uh, we're going to do that. You know, we just got to clean up a couple things and. And pass pro, my belief in pass pro is if you get beat, it's not what they did. You know, they can put a crazy move on you sometimes, and yeah, that happens. But I always look at it, like, if I get beat, like, what did I do? Did I stop my feet? Did I not punch? Uh, was my angle not correct? Was I too vertical? Was I too wide? Like, those are things we got to ask ourselves and, and just build and grow on that. It's, um, you know, there's there's no excuse to losing, you know, to any team. We have to, we have to do a better job, and um, two and two is not where we want to be at this point. But, um you know, we're also not 0-17, and, and I, you know, I think that's something that we're going to continue to grow. That's what this team does every year. Um, we figure it out. The guys play hard. Um, I don't think you've ever, this you know, city or you guys have ever had an issue with the effort these guys give, and we're going to continue to keep working, and hopefully it comes along like it has in the past. So Tannehill, 17 sacks on the year, and this was uh, Lawan talking, I believe, was it Monday, Lucas, um, him talking after? October 6th, whenever that was. Okay, after the Jets Wednesday. game. Wednesday. Okay, at Wednesday, after the Jets game uh, and still looking ahead to this game. But uh, uh, the Jags have had trouble getting to the quarterback. So let's hope that they don't start finding the quarterback again this week. Yeah, well, he definitely don't want to do that. It was kind of issue. He kept on saying, you know, these guys, like he wasn't part of these guys. I mean, I, mean, I don't understand how he was talking like that. But the things he was really saying is don't panic, Yeah, really. Uh, you know, hey, we had a rough day, but it's not all our fault. He didn't say it like this, but that's what he's saying. There's different protections for different schemes. So if you have a three-step drop, you're protecting for three steps. Well, the quarterback's supposed to get rid of the ball regardless. So you're maybe you go out and dive at the guy's knees, and you know it's going to take three seconds for him to 
get up and get after the quarterback. Himself, yeah. Right. So the quarterback got rid of the ball. Nobody's open. Quarterback keeps the ball up sack. Yeah. So, you know, that, that didn't happen every time, but he's saying everybody, all 11 guys are part of this process, not just the offensive line. He didn't want to say that because then it looks like, you know, you're pointing the finger and, you, you know, you're taking no responsibility and the blame. So, uh, yeah, you know, things like that happen. I, I wish they could have protected him a little bit more. Uh, you know, maybe Tannehill could have got rid of one or two or maybe should have scrambled. But those are all hindsight 2020 in-game, in-moment. They just didn't execute. It's not like they were doing things that were surprising, uh, you know, you know, to the Jets, let alone other way. Uh, so, hey, that, that's what happens. But, man, seven sacks in a game. Like, if that happened, I mean, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Like, not, not not me personally. Me, just in our group, mm-hmm. and as the leader of the group, you sit there on the sideline and go, hey, man, we need to turn this, you know what, up, like now. And it ain't gonna, it's not going to be communicated in a way I just said that. Like, no way. So who was the leader saying, hey, enough is enough. We need to, we need to turn this thing up. And so I don't know if anybody did that or not, but it's personal when you sack, get your quarterback sacked seven times. It's personal with those linemen. Uh, and that's their job. They're doing a heck of a job, you know, block of a Henry. So, yeah, I got to turn it up to that same level in pass protection. Sorry. Uh, so there are no excuses. Regardless, they get the blame. Uh, and then, you know, nobody talks about them when they do well. That's, that's the nature of being an offensive, offensive lineman. Offensive lineman. Yeah. holding call. <laughs> that's true. Hour two coming up next for us. Um, we're going to uh, – well, actually, down to Jacksonville. Joe Coward is set to join us from 1010XL. That's the Jag station. What's going on down there? We'll all find out in about 20 minutes on Blaine and Mickey.